Okay, now a tangible thing you can do this week. Write down the four buckets, just marketing and sales, put it at the top piece of paper. Next thing, deliverability, like just the classes you teach. And then next thing, back office. And to make it really simple, call it money and call it hiring and call it systems. Um, so make a list of the things that you just genuinely are pain points for you. Another way, if, you, if you're not very good at writing those lists, another way I like to frame it for myself is, what am I avoiding? Just put in a list the things you avoid. If you always avoid money, if you always avoid talking to your teachers that want time off, if you always avoid um, firing, because there's just like, there are teachers that you know are not a good fit for your studio, but you just don't want to have a hard conversation, put that in the list. So once you've created that list, the last step you're going to take this week is you're going to circle just one thing. By the way, this is the hardest part for everybody. You're going to circle just one thing that you're avoiding, and you're going to decide to start reaching out and doing research on how other business owners handle that thing. Are you a music school owner looking to scale your program from just a handful of teachers to a highly profitable, well-organized, and mission-driven company? Well, I'm Nate Shaw, co-founder of the Brooklyn Music Factory. And I'm Daniel Patterson, founder of Grow Your Music Studio, and we're here to help you discover a proven pathway to sustainable growth in your music school. So get ready to take your passion for music education and scale it to a seven-figure music school. Hey, Daniel from GrowingMusicStudio.com. And in this video, uh, me and Nate are once again meeting, talking about uh, Brooklyn Music Factory and some of the things that he's learned over the last 10 years of building this school to just an absolutely enormous size. It's running in a really efficient way. And, and as I said in the first video in this series, one of the things that I think was so helpful for a lot of studios that had worked with me was that they could model what a successful studio looked like based on um, some of the things that I was teaching them about how my studio ran so efficiently. I believe that that modeling would work with a studio just like BMF. Now, to start out with, I want to talk a little about how Nate and I met. Um, so in late 2019, I was invited on a podcast, uh, the Teacher Zone podcast, and uh, those guys, uh, Chris and Tyler, asked me a number of questions. They kind of they really grilled me about kind of my philosophy of business and running a running a business, running a music school. And as a result of that, Nate reached out to me, and we had a series of productive conversations. And over the course of about one month, he kind of he definitely did his homework on me. I had a lot of scrutiny on me, you know, if Nate was going to hire me to come in as a consultant to work for their school. And as a result of that conversation, I came in and worked primarily with Nate and his marketing team around building some successful marketing funnels for their school, looking at what they were currently doing, analyzing what they were doing and making a lot of suggestions. Is that in the process of talking to Nate, I kind of came to this realization of, wow, Nate has stored in that big brain of his like a lot of knowledge that studio owners should have. One of these things I thought was so interesting, and it really jived with the way that I thought about business. I think we can have a, a really cool conversation around this, Nate, uh, is this idea of the buckets of business. These areas of business 
that encompass all the functions and, and roles that the business should have and should be doing. So I think let's not focus too much on the theory behind it. Maybe let's do a flyover of what those buckets are. Because what I, again, what I think will be really helpful is what can someone take away from this video, something tangible, where it isn't just this theoretical piece of knowledge, but something that, that they can walk away and think, whoa, if I had been thinking about this for the past few years, life would have been very, very different for me. So Nate, go ahead. Let me describe the four buckets and then let me, and, and I'll show exactly why I reached out and how you and I became friends and worked together and, and arrived at this point. So, so this was shared with me by one of my business mentors. I was in a mastermind for a couple of years um, and the leader of that group uh, shared this idea with me. And I came to him when I was trying to figure out who my next most important hires were going to be. And he said, Nate, before you know who to hire, you need to take a look at from a 10,000 foot view at your business in a simple way. So I'm, I'm, normally I would draw this picture, but instead we're just going to sort of imagine my hand as a bucket. Okay. So first of all, just a left to right vibe, four buckets. This bucket is your, what I call marketing and sales. It's generating interest in your school. So that first bucket is just, how do people find you? How do people learn about you? It's not existing customers or existing families in your school or studio. It's how do new people find you? So that's bucket number one. If bucket one is saying, hey, this is who we are. We talked about this in, our, in an earlier video, but this is the mission of our program. This is the purpose. This is what we promise you if you will commit to our school. Bucket number two is delivering on that promise. So honestly, bucket number two is where your teachers live, where you might live as a teacher. It's just, it's where those methods live. It's the curriculum that you've committed to delivering on, or maybe it's the curriculum you've never even, you don't even have a curriculum yet. Maybe you just use a bunch of books that, that your piano teacher used or something, who knows. But that deliverability bucket is so key. Because a deliverability bucket is also where training lives. It's where ongoing professional development of us as teachers live. So that when a family comes from here and says, you promised me this seven to 10 year journey at Brooklyn Music Factory, I can say every single quarter of every year, we're working on improving how we deliver on that promise. So that's the second bucket. The third bucket is the bucket where Honestly, when I talk to most of my friends that own schools, it doesn't matter the size, by the way. This is oftentimes the bucket with rare exceptions that people resist. They don't even want to go to that bucket. And that's, as my friend, my mentor put it, that's the back office bucket. That's where your operations live. That's where your, all of your money work live. Your financial fluency lives there. Your, uh, uh, all of your documenting of systems, like if you have a recital program, have you documented specifically how that recital program starting eight weeks out gets promoted to your families? You ensure that the families all show up on time at the right date and place. And then the event comes off without a hitch. And then the video of the event gets shared with all those families. That's all back office. Those are operations, right? Um, and so that's that bucket that feels kind of like nebulous to most people. They're like, I'm going to just throw everything in the back office. Well, back office is also, by the way, where hiring comes, where firing comes. That's the word that very few people like. 
Um, it's also the word where, you know, uh, retention of high quality teachers and staff comes. So that's all back office. The final bucket is the new business bucket. So a lot of times as founders, as entrepreneurs, we want to do one of two things. We either want to sell, that's bucket number one, or we want to develop new things to sell. <laughs> right? That probably, does that resonate with you, Daniel? <laughs> well, yeah. You know. Uh, yeah, I have to resist that temptation. Yes. And so the new business bucket is so important because guess what? Our companies, our music schools, can actually only afford to offer a very limited amount of new business in any given year or over three years. And why? Because by the way, you have to go back to bucket number two and say, I'm going to deliver what I promise with that new idea. So for example, at Brooklyn Music Factory, we invested a lot of hours and money into developing our big music games and our big music games app. And now, many years later, I think it was like 2017, where we really like double down and put it in our annual plan. Many years later, we're still sticking with how to get people those games or other teachers. We have other studios that use the games, et cetera. How to make sure that everyone's getting the full benefit out of that idea that we had five years ago, right? Um, so those are the four buckets. You got get people interested, deliver on what you promised when they said, I'm interested. Make sure you're operating efficiently every day of the week, every quarter of the year, year after year. And then is there something new you really want to develop? Okay, start the buckets all over again. I don't know about you, but I didn't get an owner's manual when I started my music school. And I wasted a lot of time on trial and error and making things up as I went along. But you don't have to do that. Nate and I are building a library of resources and tools exclusively for fans of this podcast. Go to growyourmusicstudio.com slash 7FMS and sign up to receive podcast updates, free resources, and even submit questions for us to answer on the podcast. That's growyourmusicstudio.com slash 7FMS. And we look forward to answering your questions. Can you give me a, a, a really clear example in the past of where you see that understanding this concept actually helped you, Nate, get unstuck. Maybe take us back in time to when that was, what size was the studio, how were you struggling, and maybe give one or two different stories or examples that I think people watching or listening to this could take and be like, oh, okay, I get it now. This is why it's so important. Because again, yeah. this feels really heady. And my experience as a coach, people often resist this theoretical stuff. I'd love to, I'd love to hear that. Uh, I'm going to give you like examples that literally just happened this year. So, oh no. Yeah. So, <laughs> as we, <laughs> yeah, as we, first of all, we're in a constant state of refinement as business owners. There is no done, there's just continuing to refine. And so, the, um, like, let's get super clear for a second, Daniel, that anybody watching this video, you start with the basic question Am I willing to change? Am I open to change? Right. You're, you, you, you pose that to me when we were working together. Are you open to change? And are you open to changing the way your business operates? So you just basically start there. So if you're like feeling resistant around that, that's where you, you pause the video, you open your journal and you begin there. 
Like, mm. why is it that I'm resistant to change? I.e., if I was actually thriving in the studio that I currently own, then maybe no change is necessary. I would push back against that. But at any rate, concrete example of how we look at these buckets and then lead to a specific hire. Um, so remember, when I, said, when I looked to my mentor, uh, Brett, and said, hey, I need some help here. He's like, and I was like, I'm trying to figure out who my next most important hire is. He first drew the buckets of business for me. It's like, let's talk about your buckets. Where are you feeling the pain? Most recently, we have uh, a few priorities. Right now at Brooklyn Music Factory, we're beginning to get more and more studios and teachers interested in using our curriculum. We've got all these games. We've got all this curriculum. And... The reality is, it's all been an internal thing, Daniel. We've been like, hey, we just want to make sure that for our teachers, the lesson prep, the execution of the lesson, and then the communication of the purpose of the lesson is as easy and inspired as possible. That's our evidence of success around serving our teachers with our unique curriculum, these games, these songwriting curriculums, etc. Now, all of a sudden, we have all these people externally saying, Nate, what, you know, we want to, we want to, we want to use your curriculum. Can we? And so we finally have created it as an annual priority. And, but, but it's one thing to say you want to do it. It's another thing to actually put the resources in place to ensure that you can get the outcome you want. Right? So what we did is we said, okay, we're going to take one of our most prized. I mean, this guy, Nick is a great piano teacher. He helped develop our group piano class, Club Keyboard. But where his heart was, was in multimedia design and developing of curriculum. And then most importantly, he's been instrumental in delivering that curriculum in a really efficient way to our teachers, right? And so we had to make a choice. This was like, mm, I don't even know what, where we're at, but only months ago where I said, you know, this was last summer, I guess. I said, Nick, I'm going to pull you out of teaching entirely and I'm going to put you into the operational bucket and your evidence of success is that as you package our curriculum and deliver it to our faculty, the, the faculty are going to uh, take less time to prepare and be more inspired with each month that you're in this role. So I started, just to recap, I started... Well, what is our priority? Was it a marketing and sales priority? No. Was it a deliverability priority? Sort of. Like we were creating, we were making the curriculum even more robust so that we could deliver on our promise. But was it mostly an operational bucket, right? Was it a back office where we were saying, we need to make sure that when we create a new idea, which by the way, we have like, you know, we'll have five new games that are developed this week alone. And they'll come directly from our faculty that Nick then captures that idea, makes it look beautiful, makes it, gamifies it like BMF, and then delivers it right back to the faculty and says, okay, guys, it's ready for you to use with all of your families. So to me, that was a systems bucket issue. So we invested Nick's, he's in a full-time position as our multimedia curriculum designer. Now that may sound super high level for a studio owner that's just like, hey, I just need to figure out how to get my teachers to, show up every week 
that's a real world example of where I looked at the buckets and I said, what needs the most attention? To me, it's around operations and systems. And then I asked, what are our goals as a school this year? And since one of our goals is to really package our curriculum and make them cohesive lesson arcs that make it really easy to implement, whether you're internal or external as a teacher, then I decided that's where we're going to invest our resources. Mm. Right. So that was a very specific hire with a specific outcome in mind. Interesting. Let me ask this then. Yeah. This top down thinking. Mm hmm. Or actually, it's not really another way to, to, yeah. to say it would be this from first principles thinking. I know that we, we as people don't come as humans. Mm-hmm. We don't come with that soft, uh, we don't come with that as built into the hardware. Right. This is very much, and maybe this is a bad analogy to use, but this is software that gets installed. What is something that you did? Because I know you're not as nuts as I am where I, I, am, uh, I am built in such a way that I will measure my life down to the minutes. I know you're right. not quite as crazy as me, but <laughs> you, you, you didn't have this software built in either. You no. over time, especially over the last 10 years, if I know your story like I do, or knowing your story the way I do, this is something that, that you came to over time. What is something that someone could do to start thinking this way? Mm-hmm. What is something someone could do to begin? Mm-hmm to solve some of the immediate problems they have right now. Again, we have this big lofty concept of the big the buckets of business. We have this lofty concept we talked about the last video of understanding your purpose, writing mm-hmm. it down in a journal. Like, again, what is, what is it? Because I have an opinion and I'm going to share it here in just a minute, but I want to hear from you first. Yes. What let is me, it that someone can do to actually actualize this? Yeah, let me give you a simple version that you can put in place right now. And then let me talk about um, for a second, how I arrived here. First of all, understand that this change is going to be a gradual change. And when you commit, as I did years ago, to just saying, hmm, every year I'm going to improve my craft as a business person. And I'm going to do it by addressing certain buckets of the business and trying to level up my knowledge and then also trying to empower my staff and my employees in leveling up their knowledge. That is a that the potential for transformation in you is huge. Okay, now a tangible thing you can do this week. Write down the four buckets, just marketing and sales, put it at the top piece of paper. Next thing, deliverability, like just the classes you teach. And then next thing, back office. And to make it really simple, call it money and call it hiring and call it systems, just those three things in the back office. And then the final is new business or new ideas that you're just like, because if you're anything like me, you have way more ideas than you'll ever act on. <laughs> so, so write those four buckets down, then do the hard thing of being super honest and saying, what is currently sucking in your business? What is just really painful for you in each bucket? It could be that you completely don't trust your marketing team. You don't even have a marketing team. You don't even know what to do with marketing. That could be your first thing that you put in the, under that bucket. Um, so make a list of the things that you just genuinely are pain points for you. Another way, if, you, if you're not very good at writing those lists, another way I like to frame it for myself is, what am I avoiding? 
Just put in a list the things you avoid. If you always avoid money, if you always avoid talking to your teachers that want time off, if you always avoid um, firing because there's just like there are teachers that you know are not a good fit for your studio, but you just don't want to have a hard conversation, put that in the list. So once you've created that list, the last step you're going to take this week is you're going to circle just one thing. By the way, this is the hardest part for everybody. You're going to circle just one thing that you're avoiding, and you're going to decide to start reaching out and doing research on how other business owners handle that thing. You can start by reaching out to me, Daniel. Just like be like, hey, put in the comments, like, how do people handle X? This is on my list. Because that, by the way, is the key transformational move for us as studio owners, which is saying we're going to go out to the people and we're going to ask for help. We're going to be totally transparent that we don't know what we're doing with this thing. By the way, it's humbling for me to have a seven-figure studio that serves a thousand families and to be able to turn to Daniel and be like, Daniel, I actually don't know what's happening with our marketing funnel. Hmm. Remember, you remember that conversation we had, dude, where it was just like, I actually don't know what's going on here and I just I just need to admit it. So, okay, you could be like, well, no, I don't trust Nate. He doesn't know what he's doing with his marketing funnel. Or you could be like, that's wisdom. Mm-hmm. He's ready and willing to be transparent with the things that he avoids or the things that he just is not clear on. And he's willing and willing to address one or two things at a time. Hey, it's Nate again. You know, every year at Brooklyn Music Factory, we get dozens and dozens of great reviews from our families. And you want to know how? Because we ask them. And they're happy to leave a review because of the positive impact that we've made on them. And so now I have a simple ask for you. If this podcast, the 7FMS podcast, was helpful to you, Would you mind leaving a review for Daniel and I? And please share the podcast with another music school owner that you think might benefit. It's one of the best ways that you can support us. We appreciate it.